welcome to Review Queens, the podcast where two dorks watch and discuss movies and TV shows we love. I'm your host, Darian. And I'm your host, Q. Let's get into it. Um, I shared this with you on our Discord, but I am super hyped after watching that Red Band trailer for freaking Mortal Kombat. Oh my god, like, like I'm... I'm geeking out over here. Like, I'm a huge, huge video game nerd. And for this trailer for a live-action Mortal Kombat to drop was insane to me. I'm so hyped for it. Freaking Sub-Zero, all the characters. Just Sub-Zero's intro alone was so ominous and badass. It was, but I just, I loved that they had Scorpion in there. And he yeah. said the line. He said, he the, said get over here. Get over oh. here. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, they're just bringing, I think it's going to bring, from what I've seen in this trailer so far, they're going to bring in a lot of the classic Mortal Kombat, a lot of the classic characters, the lines for sure, the video game lines. Heck yeah. Like, yeah. They're, I feel like they're just pulling in a lot of, like, what made Mortal Kombat amazing and what makes Mortal Kombat as a video game amazing and bringing it to the big screen which is freaking cool i mean i'm i'm super excited for the way that it looked because i mean i've i tried to watch the old movie like from the 80s mm-hmm. 90s yeah that was awesome that was terrible yep no it so. was it, it was pretty bad so this <laughs> this i think is going to bring it some redemption because it yeah. looks great the effects look great the combat, like, I love fight choreography in movies. Like, I'm obsessed oh, with fight choreography. It looks amazing. It, it just looks so good. It looks and, so good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, like, but, no, I'm super hyped for it. But on this same token, Avatar The Last Airbender is supposed yes. to be getting a Netflix original series. Yes, yes. And it it came it came under some some heavy tensions from the two original creators, Brian Conetico and Michael Dante DiMartino, because those original creators left as showrunners for the live adaptation because it for over like this two year developmental period, I just read this today. There, I guess there was like really like creative tensions between what their vision was for the show and what Netflix wanted. And they they left, but they got a new showrunner, Albert Kim. Albert Kim um, is from Sports Illustrated, Entertainment Weekly, uh, Details People. He's done a lot of those types of things. That's what he's most credited for. So they have a new showrunner. Uh, right now, like the reports coming out are it's still in development, still working. Netflix is confident in the creative team that it's going to be good. But a lot of fans have come out with list of demands for what they want for this live action series. Well, one, yeah. Yeah. Like, because fuck. number one, the live action movie was God awful. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck that. Like that was the, like, I've been waiting for the avatar live action on Netflix for two years when mm-hmm. they first announced that they were going to do it. Same. And I was so happy that the original creators were going to helm this because of course they're going to do justice to their baby, but fucking bringing in someone else, like fuck that man. I know like that. It's, it's disappointing to me because (laughs) I wanted, I wanted the original creators to stay on, but I guess the creative tensions, um, not between them, but between them and the studio. Studio, Yeah. Were too much. Yeah. That they didn't. it (laughs) It always is how it is. Right. 
So them as creators both said, no, like we're not agreeing. We don't agree with the direction you want us to take our baby in. So we're going to step away. But Netflix, of course, still wants to make it. So they found a new uh, showrunner to keep making it and keep developing it. And I'm super hesitant now, way more than I was when they announced it two years ago, Mm -hmm. um, because it's not the original creators. A lot of people, myself included, are worried it's going to be a repeat of M. Night Shyamalan's Avatar. You know what I mean? Shyamalama's fucking (laughs) disaster. Disaster of a movie. And the one thing, the one change that I, it's minor, but to me, I'm kind of like, what the fuck? is they're changing the ages of Katara and Sokka. Because uh, in the original animated series, Sokka was the older brother and Katara was the younger sister. Yeah. Now they're flipping that to where Katara oh, is... Oh, that. Because, yeah, they're flipping it. So Katara is 16 in the nav- in the Netflix adaptation. And yeah. Sokka is 14, but Aang, not Ong, Aang is... <laughs> Is still going to be 12. So that's at least... Oh, fuck that! But still, them them flipping the ages of Katara and Sokka, it's like, why? Already. Already. Right? Already. No. Already hate it. And it's not just because this is, like, nostalgia and they they can take the creative licenses. If you change the ages, you make everything else so much creepier. One, uh, Sokka, he might be bumbling, but he's a fucking genius. Like, they go through Mm -hmm. that you know he becomes more mature yes but he was always the one to come up with a plan it might have been funny because it was a cartoon but he always had a fucking plan he was always the strategist he always was even though he was 15 in the animated series and katara was 14 it's at least like the thing with the ages for me is then the relationship between katara and Aang is just is It oh, it's just weirder to it's just weirder then it changes yeah. so much so i already that one little change right. is making me so upset with it so yeah. upset but like, that's what i found so far yeah. on that it's still in development no date yet that i could find already. when this is expected but already strike one. The original strike one exactly since the original creators left strike one against this um live action series for me we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one um speaking of netflix i know that you know i love the marvel netflix shows yes you do Uh, (laughs) iron fist luke cage daredevil jessica jones and punisher and then the defenders so first disney finally got the rights to those shows so they are actually going to be reintroduced nice. to the MCU through Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. They already want to do a Heroes for Hire, which is Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And then okay. they already want to see about reviving uh, Jessica Jones and Punisher. Uh, Punisher, of course, mm-hmm. they kind of don't want to do just because his whole his whole spiel is I've got a ton of guns and I'm going to kill people with them. Like, right. And it's, it's a hard sell it's, for Disney. It's Disney. Yeah, exactly. That is a very, very tough pill to swallow for Disney. But in the same vein, you have Marvel, Star Wars, like all these other, you know, they're it's mild ish sort of violence. It's but. It's a lot yeah. worse. You, yeah, Punisher, you have to see it. Like, um, yeah, I mean, like one, you're you're the comic days. book aficionado. You're the comic book aficionado here. I am just like that. That you know that you know that guy that's like 
oh yeah, I'm totally into superhero movies. And then someone's like, oh, did you ever read the comics? And they're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I am that person. I'm just like, hey, I like this movie. It's about a superhero. I think they're cool. You're like my lore master. You're you're like my you're like my source of Marvel comic knowledge. So I'm gonna trust you on this one. I'm trusting you on this one. No, it's not. It's not even about the comic books. Yeah, the comic books are brutal. But the actual Netflix show, like Mm -hmm. one day as we go down our list of shows, we will have to take a moment to watch those because yeah, like as as kind of gory as Daredevil was, where they introduced Punisher before that show started, it was bad. Like, it's it's not bad. Like, I love it. Want more mm-hmm. of it. But right. if you take it in the contents of, we're going to put this on a Disney platform, you're just like, ooh, I don't know, man. <laughs> right. And I think it's just that, that alone know. is like, ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, so I'm glad they finally got the rights to it so they can continue to make these again because... I remember when a lot of these came out, I was super hyped for them. And then when they stopped making them, I got very sad. You know, yeah. I was I was sad that they stopped making it. But that was because of the move over to Disney Plus and, you know, and the they whole lost, and they, they lost, lost the rights to those particular, you know, they characters. Were, yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm glad that somehow it worked out that now they're bringing them back. They were already talking about bringing back Charlie Cox's uh, Daredevil. Uh, in the yes. Spider-Verse movie or Doctor Strange movie because he does like they all operate in New York but right. Daredevil has all has passed like you know cross paths with Spider-Man before mm-hmm. but that's kind of like one of the things with the um, Marvel co- Marvel comic books they all had crossovers basically you could just you could see the Fantastic Four in an X-Men comic book and you could see the X-Men in a Daredevil comic book. Like they were yeah. all over it. So I'm excited yeah, to see what they do. Yeah. I'm very excited as well. And what I'm very excited about, you shared this with me, so I'm going to let you talk about it. But the Flash movie cast its oh, first Latina yeah. Supergirl. Yeah. The representation. The representation. Number one for me. I just, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one. I saw this and immediately thought of something that I've told you before, mm-hmm. where my dad, who I share a love, like he's the one who imparted his love of comic books to me. He really yes. hates when someone needlessly changes the gender, sexuality, or race of mm-hmm. a character when yep. they're making it a show. Yeah. Because it's unnecessary. And because his thing is just, you know, if you want Latina or Latino uh representation then Mm -hmm. make a new comic series and we'll read it don't just remake the same old thing and just try and Mm -hmm. replace these characters make a whole new one right and I think like I think it's I see the effort they're trying to do because I agree with you I see the effort they're trying to do and have more representation but at the same time, Supergirl isn't Latina, which I think it would be really cool to have a Latina superhero or a Latino or Latinx superhero. Mm-hmm. But and they do. I don't know if you ever watch the actual TV shows on the CW. They're campy and fun and I love them. Um, but on the <laughs> actual Flash show, they have um, the vibe who is a Latino superhero. He's, you know, Mm-hmm. DC Comics made him seem like a B-lister, but on the show, I love that actor, for one. He's hilarious. But they did a very good job with him. So it's not that they don't, 
is that yeah they they're changing a canonically and I mean, white character what is it supergirl superman you kind of have a gray area just because they're aliens so you can't really yeah. be like oh they're they're uh midwestern and stuff like that but you can see how she is drawn for like 60 years is blue eyed blonde hair mm-hmm. right if you have a problem with that then just make a new one just make like not a new supergirl just make a new superhero Who's just as strong. Like, just do it. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. Like, I do think that a lot of places, like, a lot of areas, like this one, do need more representation. And there have been Mm -hmm. efforts to make those superheroes that give that representation. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I also agree with you that, you know, canonically, if a character is one race, like, then don't change it. But if you want that, you know, identity represented, make a character that is that. That is not just the token character. Yeah. where you had to throw them in there because you know you want to seem like you have diversity but, but actually, actually like make, make it them, diverse yeah make it and diverse give them yeah. give them and that that's space my dad's point all the time is just that it it feels like you know back in the day they usually like did it with just you know the one token black yeah that's what it feels like is that someone was just like ooh, we need to color it up a little bit more We'll throw this one. Everyone else is white. Like, I I mean, I'm excited. I Again, I love all these kinds of movies. I'm still going to see the movie. I just, mm-hmm, I want to mm-hmm. see how it's going to go. I want to see how she does because I, yeah, she's from the young and the restless. And so I don't, I don't really watch soap operas that much because oh, I, I never catch them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, if she did, if she does a wonderful job and there's like great energy between all the actors, then I'm here for it. If she's a horrible, horrible... Okay, let me preface this. She is not a horrible actor. She just does not fit this role. But if she's a horrible actress like the one who plays Storm in the first class X-Men movies, then I'm going to have a problem. <laughs> gotcha, no. And I, I think that's I think that's fair. So I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm interested to see how people react to it because I feel like it's going to come from all different kinds of angles. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I'm just interested to see how she does, how yeah. the how the show does, how, you know, how it flows. I'm interested yeah. about that. But but it's it's definitely we're definitely keeping watch on that one. Uh, definitely keeping watch on uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie and uh, yes. Cruella with Emma Stone. I showed you that one, too. Like, oh, my God. A lot of okay. Stuff coming. <laughs> I I love Emma Stone. And to see her step into the role of Cruella is very exciting for me. Like, I I liked the idea of Cruella, not who she is as a person because she abuses animals, but her as a... <laughs> Her a fashion as designer. a fashion designer who's like, you know, all about, you know, I not that, but the idea of her as a villain and, you know, it's Disney, so they couldn't go super dark with it. But this is like a newer grown up era of Disney, mm-hmm. I'm feeling, where they can explore what made Cruella that way. What, yeah. you know, and it can it can go darker, it can go deeper, because that's what I feel like as I grew up watching these movies, I, I like evil characters and I like I like looking and seeing what in their past has made them this way what motivates them to be a certain way you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. the idea of 
creating and diving deeper into her as a villain is very exciting. And I think so far, just based off the trailer, I think Emma Stone was the right choice. However, oh, definitely the first picture I was like, and that yes. was a beautiful choice. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think just based off of those alone, I think Emma Stone was the absolute right choice. I am very excited to see how it goes. Also super excited for the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Hell yeah. You know, I'm so hyped for that. So like a that lot old of... dude from Bridgerton. Still haven't yes. seen it, but I hear no. he is great. <laughs> Same here. I hear he is fantastic, and wow. I'm excited to see. You know, Chris uh, Chris Pine is in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Like, you know, just, like there's just I, a lot of. I just love how the title of the article was. It casted another hot person. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, okay. okay. Like, okay. I no. mean, you're not wrong, but okay. <laughs> So the only the only thing that because I forgot that they were going to redo a Dungeons and Dragons movie. I kind of wonder, like, what campaign are you going to do? Yeah. What what are, are they going to do? One of the classics, like the classic preset D&D adventure settings. Like, are they going to bring out, you know, yeah. Curse of Strahd, Lost Minds of Foundover? Yeah. Like, I would love if they did Curse of Strahd. Curse of Strahd would be I mean, because I just I just love vampires. Um <laughs> So I, mean, I, I that's that's all I have like as a new player I don't know how that all that works maybe they're just saying Dungeons and Dragons because they have those same fantasy characters but I just wonder like if you're gonna make it Dungeons and Dragons are you gonna use those preset games right. that come in like the 4e 5e mm-hmm. all those like box sets are you gonna do one of those are they gonna make <laughs> their own writers yeah yeah. I would imagine they have a lot of the writers who do the campaign settings, the campaign guides, the books, mm-hmm. um, a lot of like the official Dungeons and Dragons, you know, writers from Wizards of the Coast. I bet you they have a lot of those writers there, yeah. like on that project. I mean, they have to. It's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have to, you gotta stay true to that. So I'm interested to see if they just basically take one of those already done campaigns and adapt it for the film and adapt it for the screen or if they're going to take the the lore and the other official like novels like I'm reading you know the Dritz Orden series right now um super super classic uh novel series for D&D um are they going to do something like that where they're going to like bring in more of that canonical lore or are they just going to just go off the walls and make their own who knows <laughs> It's, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? It's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun time. It's yeah. gonna be great. I'm excited to see what comes through. But I want to get into the shows that we've started watching together. Yes. Together, yeah. like there's, you know, a show that both of us were excited for when we saw that it was on on Netflix because we both remembered. Our reaction was, "Oh my God, I remember these books from the Scholastic Book Fairs when we were kids." Fate no, the no, Wing. No, no, it was um, uh, not the Scholastic Book Fair. I remember it coming on Nickelodeon, the cartoon. Oh, so. Okay, okay. Like I remember because I read the books. I never watched the cartoon but they had like the it was basically a graphic novel like yeah. a comic book you know yeah. where mm-hmm. it was like 
it had it was like a chapter book, but then it also had like comics thrown into it. It was one of those to get kids more engaged hmm. to reading. And I remember those specifically. Oh, okay. Like those ones, but we were regardless, both of us were super excited for this one, but we've yeah. got some thoughts. <laughs> we got some thoughts. Yeah. Links uh Fate Links Club on Netflix. Um we we watched the first three episodes because we were gonna we break did. it up. I um I must be jaded. I must be jaded. Because it feels like I had the same feeling watching um Riverdale and Sabrina and all that stuff, like the mm-hmm. the gritty tin uh, teen uh, drama or whatever. Like yes. when I when I turned 28, I guess I was just like, teenage stuff ain't for me. The part that's killing me is that in Fate, like this show, they're supposed to be in college, but they're acting like they're at boarding school, high school. Yeah, and like that's that's an interesting thing because at the very one of the very first scenes is the boy i can't remember his name right now wow um not riven but the other sky there we go sky sky tells bloom you know like oh you're at a college for fairies but then she's 16 so it's not a college so it's a high school but it's like a fairy high school that's like a boarding school so that dynamic is it really a college is it a high school because i think it's a high school like i don't i don't know it's so confusing to me like she is she 16 because even her parents were just like how's like why did you choose a college in switzerland which is her cover for being in a magical realm like right and like that that whole like because they say you know like oh you're at college but then i think it's the headmistress that says she's 16 no 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 no, no. that's like someone says says 16 years ago they keep saying 16 years ago no that's something different that's not that is that is true but they say that their her age, Bloom's age, is sixteen. Yeah, I must uh, I must have missed that because I was like, I don't know who, who, how, or what's going on right now. I just I as I wrote down, I see writing is going to be a problem already. Like that was the the cringiest set of lines. Like not like their little pre-opening. They had the for the first mm-hmm. episode with yeah Shepard. Like again, he's talking to himself, just saying fecking sheep and like yeah. You have to balance show don't tell and tell don't show. Like mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. need to know. Like he doesn't need to keep saying like where are these sheep? Oh, there's a sheep lost. Oh my yeah, god, it it's was... past the barrier. Like you could walk through it, and we know there's a barrier, dude. Yeah, like it was just a little a little over the top for me. I think it was trying to like really oversell the fact that you're inside a barrier and you're crossing a barrier that is there for something which we can tell and is shown to us by you walking through it or the sheep walking through it but for you to continuously say where's the sheep oh my god my sheep fucking sheep like yeah yeah, we get it you're a herder for sheep (laughs) you're a sheep herder (laughs) exactly so like and and also the the there's a lot of for me there's a lot of themes of token high school personalities there's the pretty preppy girl there's the outcast there's the like oh yeah not like see not like scene or emo kid but like the always in their music kind of aloof but like also secretly really caring yeah no they straight up called her an emo girl oh yeah no like she so she's like the emo kid and then you know the token the token black girl and Mm -hmm. then the uh token um you know what would be referred to as like a duff the you know designated ugly friend 
Yeah. You know, which I don't know if that was them trying to show diversity because I don't think it's a good job because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very much stereotypical high school like yeah personalities of students and like people you would see and it's very very much it's it's just it's just like it's been done before and it's yeah it's It's very just it's very very teen drama archetype like I even remember that like fish out of out of water heroin check mean girl check hot guy check oh he was dating the mean girl oh what a surprise like yeah and then like the and then the hot guy has a um has a troublemaker friend friend. yeah Yeah. troublemaker (laughs) friend who was a year ago a nerd who like check so it checked a lot of those you know archetype boxes and I'm like okay like I've seen this before I can know where this is going you know Mm -hmm. I can kind I can kind of get it and I feel like they're trying to mask that with a lot of like the mystery and magic of it all and like mm-hmm. the underlying plot of who are Bloom's parents and who's Rosalinda and she's downstairs in the basement locked up in this blue force field thing and who is Beatrix and why does Beatrix want to let her out? So it's kind of like, I think it's trying to seem more adult the than it is. It is. It's it, They can't figure out, they can't figure out are these young adults or are these teenagers? And so mm-hmm. that's, I don't know, I think they're trying to make them seem young so they can continue because you can only go so far with college. But at right. the same time, like, you don't want to show 16-year-olds having sex. It's weird and it's child right. pornography and you can't. But, right. Um, and, like, I feel like it's that just disjointedness of, you know, you got to remember, like, Fate the Winks was technically a young adult show, a young adult or kid um, book series, what have you. So they mm-hmm. can only do and make it so much, but I feel like there was a lot of hype about it's live action, it's brand new, they're older, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And you're like, oh, cool, are we going to get into some more mature content? And there's like the disjointedness of, well, they're at college, but they're also 16. So, but it hasn't been established if that's the norm for fairies in the other world is what they call it. Cause there's like the human world and then the other world yeah. that hasn't been established of the norm of like, Oh no, like as a fairy, you go to college at 16. So that hasn't like, there's just a lot of questions like disjointing questions of wait a second, yeah. you know, like it doesn't make a whole, it doesn't make total sense. No, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I, I mean, just, it's it's only six episodes, so of course we're gonna finish it out. Mm. But at the same time, like you know, already I have a problem. Like, why is she, Bloom main character brought in? Like I said, fish out of mm-hmm. water heroin. Fish out of water. Um, yep. Brought in and already getting in an attitude with people. Like, why are you so hostile in a new place? No one acts like that. Human beings yeah. like they want to be liked. Like. Why are you like, oh, I'm cool and edgy American from California? Like, I just, I just, I could not get it. Yeah. I couldn't get that. And like, the other thing that gets me too is Bloom's mom. They reference that she has, she apparently has a PhD or is a doctor in something or her math, she has her master's degree in something Mm -hmm. dealing with like feminist studies i think and yet here she is treating bloom like absolute garbage i know and what kind of mom 
and also throws it in like a mean girl way of oh you're gonna be the weird loner like yeah you're the it's like you don't say that number one and then also i this is just like a this is like a personal belief that i have but also my psychology degree also tells me that this is fucked up taking the door away is <laughs> number one i think a bullshit punishment because it doesn't teach your kid anything it doesn't the, it the does only do thing the only thing it does for narrative is establish that your kid hates you and you're the asshole parent which right. It did a very good job of in this narrative because, yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> Bloom would be Bloom would be pissed. And Bloom's actually said something very smart where she's like, so you're going to basically say that your child has no privacy, which, yeah, that's what that does. I mean, even with a door, like, I growing up, I didn't have privacy. You Like, they didn't, my yeah. parents didn't take my door off my hinges, but I definitely didn't have a lock. Like, yeah, I'm I mean, a lock like, doors. Yeah, but there's like there's like a level, I think. I think giving I think giving your kid the, you know, the space that is their own, but also having boundaries of don't lock your door or your door will not have a lock, I think is reasonable from a parental ex- from a parental standpoint, yeah. but taking away your child's safe space is and that that like feeling of this space is mine mm-hmm. is invasive, number one. And number two, just doesn't make them respect you more. Oh. It doesn't make you respect their your authority more. It makes them hate you. <laughs> I just so it does the exact opposite of what you're right. trying to do. Yeah. But you know, I could I could go on and on and on about just that, <laughs> but um, I'm gonna <laughs> well, I'm gonna leave that one alone. To I thought it was bullshit and Bloom's mom's a bitch. <laughs> oh yeah, no, she she was a straight up bitch, and then trying to be all like, oh I just don't understand. Oh like one one when they took the door off, my only thought was, and where are you gonna put that door? All you did <laughs> is now you have a random door laying around your house. Yeah. Two like right after that. She, you know, you see that she, quote unquote, loses control of her powers. No, what you did was purposely try and set your parents on fire. Oh, yeah. Like, no, you got angry enough because you had this feeling of you want to hurt your parents (laughs) that you You were concentrating on it. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I got so angry and this is happening and I'm not noticing. No, you sat there, thought about it, was concentrating, had the had the poop face that they use when they're trying to bring out the powers. Mm -hmm. And it's like leading up to your parents' bedroom. You purposely tried to kill your parents, yo. Are we yeah. are we gonna just skip are over, we gonna this? Gloss over that? <laughs> exactly. And I think it's that it's again that thing that we're finding, that disjointedness of adult content while still keeping it young adult. I mean even as an adult like, like well I, mean, I think they tried jail? well they tried to go dark, but they were like, but we gotta keep it a little bit lighter because the children. You well, know I mean, you wouldn't like your protagonist to be someone who sets their parents on fire in their beds like let me reiterate that (laughs) like i mean here's the thing then i guess that's like my own interpretation of character building that comes into this because absolutely i would create a protagonist character that did some shit in their past and they're still the protagonist no, I would absolutely do that. Doing shit in your past, that's fine. That you know, that's tragic backstory area. It's purposely sociopathic arsonist behavior. Like I said, the thing that's killing me is that it wasn't it they did not act that as an accident. Yeah, I mean they like that's acted that like yeah. this is me purposely 
like, you know, if it was not fire, this is me purposefully taking a knife from the bedroom and stabbing my mother and being like, oh, my God, I stabbed you. Whoa. Yeah. Like, it it was premeditated. Yeah. Like, you could tell. So if they if they meant that to be an accident, it wasn't, like, the... Yeah. It, they didn't land it. They, they didn't did land it that land way. They did not land that So, that's, that's, that's... Like, this is... Yeah. And then the... What is it? They were just throwing people in my face, so I, I had to write some names down, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there was a this. lot of just, like, characters everywhere. Yeah. Um, Tara. Uh, the, yeah. The Garden Fairy MVP. Yes. I love Tara. Mm-hmm. And I was already just like, man, um, one when oh that boy who's I did not catch his name, or if I did, I can't find where I wrote it down. <laughs> is um, it the is it the delinquent? No, no, no. Kid? Not Which Riv. One? Not River. The the little black boy. Oh, Dane. Dane. Um, Dane. Dane. Oh, like when when she she protected him and you're just like oh yeah you can already see that she likes him but he already kind of came across as gay oh 100 I mean, so it's just like oh that's gonna break her yeah. heart when he's just like no i'm into dudes but it's not even just that he's not into dudes he's bi i guess they're positioning it as mm-hmm. but even then it's just kind of like again if we're in college or if these are young adults, why would you be, why would you care when he threatens you like, like oh, you're going to give her up or I'm going to show people that you were in my DMs or no, that you were, you liked an Instagram picture. Then fucking show him. You put him on Instagram to get likes. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> and also like the whole, the thing that's. The thing that I have an issue with, too, is Riven purposefully exploiting the fact that Dane is attracted to him Mm -hmm. to get Dane to do bad things and also making Dane feel bad about feeling the things he feels. And about being friends with her. And about being friends with her. Yes. Like, Riven, I... Like, I guess as, you know, my love for villainous bad characters, they're doing a decent job of making him a character I hate. You know? But I don't even think but he's supposed still, to be a bad character. Yeah, that's the thing. He's supposed to come off as a douchebag and good on you, he does. Right. Like, I think that's where I'm, I still don't like him. Even as a character, like, as a character, yes, they're making me hate him. Like, as a viewer, they're making me hate this character. But that's not his purpose. I agree mm-hmm. with you. That's not his purpose. His purpose is to be that douchebag delinquent guy, but has a heart. He's like the delinquent douchebag that has the heart of gold heart of underneath. Gold. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not doing a good job of that. He is straight up 100% grade A douchebag. Yeah. Like, I just, his character annoys me. Sky annoys me. Yep. Like, every, I mean, to be fair, everything annoys me about them. Um, mm-hmm. No, that's, Aisha, that's fair. <laughs> Aisha and Tara are the only two smart ones. Even Moose, like, Musa or whatever. She dumb, too. Yeah. Like, why not just tell your roommate, hey, your, I brother like your brother gives me peace. I like him a lot. Like, of course she's going to say he's terrible. That's her brother. That's what yeah. family does. He probably annoys her all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Like, no sibling dynamic is, oh, yeah, I 100% love my sibling. It's There's always going to be that, oh, no, they're, like, oh, they're awful. But yeah. they're siblings. They don't mean that. You know, like, they don't mean that in, I fucking hate my brother. They mean that in, oh, my God, my brother's annoying. He's the worst. He's this. He's that. 
but just tell Tara that, you know, hey, hey. I like your brother. I, I like, we're kind of dating going out. If yeah. they're in college and if they're supposed to be, like, in this college age, that shouldn't be too big of an issue. But they're bringing it down to, like, the middle school, high school level of, oh, no, my roommate can't find out that I like her brother. Like, for what, though? Like, even in, you know, regular drama kind of positioning, you only do the I can't like your brother when it's either you have the guy friend a la kissing booth yeah or you know you're friends with someone and you are going to make them feel like you're only friends with them to meet their sibling you met them separately and you don't even really know her this is like a week into moving in together with these new roommates you don't know anything about Hence why you didn't know she had a brother. Exactly. Like, and that's that's the other thing that's getting me too, is everything is way too sped up in terms of relationship development between mm-hmm. the characters. Like, way too sped up. Yeah. Because you can't, like, no one would just wholeheartedly call someone their best friend after not even 24 hours. Not even 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, that yeah. happens. I mean, that can happen, but very rarely i found. Very, yeah. very rarely. Very and rarely. I feel like it's just it's just not a... The expectation of that, that that sets in the narrative, is unrealistic to me. <laughs> like, it's just... It's super unrealistic to me. So we are going to finish this out. We are going to see where the last three episodes take us. Yeah. But so far... So ugh. far, not good. Not <laughs> so good. Far, it's not, annoying. Not good. It's, it's annoying to me. Yeah, like it's, it's annoying. I'm sure there's people out there who love this series, who like it. For me, it's, it's, it, no. it's, it's not. It's a no for me, unfortunately. It's a no, it's a no for me. It's um, a no for me. And I had, because of my childhood nostalgia, I had such high expectations because I was very excited for it. But that was just nostalgia talking in my head. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the problem with nostalgia. Like, it's, yeah, even the cartoon, like, because it looks so gritty and stuff, I was like, oh, maybe it'll be a little bit better than the cartoon. Because the cartoon yeah. was, you know, silly. It's a kid's cartoon. Yeah, it's a it's kid's, a kid's cartoon. cartoon. Yeah. So, you know, all the nuance of princes and fiancés and dying. It doesn't match. Like that, it doesn't yeah. match. Like, So I just, yeah, we'll finish it out. We'll give our final thoughts. But already three episodes in, not even three. I forced the last two. <laughs> yeah. In. I'm just like, I'm done. Yeah, I'm it, done. it was it was a very tough <laughs> pill to swallow this one. However, on the opposite end of the spectrum, let's get into some real adult shit and talk oh, about yeah. one of your favorite shows. Yes. The Boys. The Boys. The Boys. Yeah. I have never seen this show. Mm-hmm. And right out of the gate, I don't think even five minutes in, I was instantly hooked oh instantly. yeah how did you like the first 10 minutes <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> that is my honest to god reaction was what the fuck i literally have noted my first note on my paper is who the hell was the hero that eviscerated robin <laughs> like who was that what happened and i was like what at first i thought she got hit by a car but yeah. then like when it just like the I love ooh the cinematography in this was beautiful just yes. like slow motion turn of the camera the blood slowly spattering Huey's face and then him like slowly reacting to that with his eyes closed 
It, it was great. And then also his reaction afterward would one like 100% tracks. It's not the overdramatic of, oh my God. It's a very slow coming to realization, putting the pieces together. You're literally holding her severed hands and arms yeah. and yours. Like, cause she literally got eviscerated where she stood. Like that well, I mean, slow, that like slow build up and realization of it. Yeah. That instantly, like that first few minutes, that's what got me hooked in it right there. I was like, yes, <laughs> give me an immediate, like an immediate hook like that. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Here for it. I mean, you gotta, um, you gotta think about it during that scene where you know poor Robin dies, which oh, yeah. starts this whole thing with uh, mm-hmm. little Huey. That was maybe a 10 second interaction. Like they slowed it down. Yeah. But that's like, you have to think like that A train was running so fast through this poor girl that it was literally like Huey blinks and she's she's gone. gone. Exactly. That's I think. But that's what like I loved about that scene is that it was because like the slow-mo camera, he literally blinks like you see him blink. Mm -hmm. And while all of this is happening, you see what he does not when his eyes are closed. And then when he opens them and all of a sudden it's real time again. She was there and then gone. So mm-hmm. that reaction of him looking like that slow reaction of it, like that sadness, anger, fear, all of that building in him slowly like that is him. You can watch him put the pieces together yeah. as he's standing there because he blinked and she was gone. That was beautifully done. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved, loved it. it. I mean, poor Robin. Poor Huey, but But oh my god, in terms of acting, writing, cinematography, like already you know this is gonna be like level like the already you're on level eighty right now. Oh yeah, ten minutes Um, in exactly. I was like, oh shit, this isn't like some slow burn. This is nope, you're in it. Let's go. You're in it. Yeah, it's literally Um, hit the ground running, and I love that. Love that. I I love the uh you know the way it starts because it it definitely at least through the first episode it definitely takes you through like hey something's not right because you know it actually opens up with what looks like a trailer for a superhero movie because i guess Mm -hmm. in this world not only are you a superhero you are also playing in your own movies yeah Um, yeah and i've got got some notes on that too yeah you have you have that you have them saving the kids and stopping the robbers and stuff uh Mm -hmm. mave and homelander um and then you have like all of a sudden you know you think oh yeah everybody's a fan this is just normal life with superheroes you know this happens so often you you see them stop a robber you take selfies good on you and then here's this normal guy and what's he gonna do and then all of a sudden boom she did and you're just like wait what the fuck and you're like what the hell and like the thing on that slowly builds on that like yeah like right with these people (laughs) and i think but see like that kind of i i love the way that they're weaving it because that kind of build up between like things are slowly pieces are slowly clicking together with each and every interaction that Huey has with Butcher and Butcher's friends and Frenchie and um, Mother's Huey's, Milk. And yeah, Mother's Milk. Yeah, well, like Mother's Milk and Frenchie, Butcher, uh, Huey, the Supers and Huey's interactions with Starlight. Like all mm-hmm. like all of these pieces just start to click and form together and you start to see it. That's super cool to me, like in terms of storytelling, narrative 
how like you as the viewer kind of figuring it out along with like everyone else trying in the story trying to figure it out because they all know they all they each know their own deal but they're trying to figure out each other's deal and you're figuring it out along with them it feels like you just get sucked into it you feel like you're in it with them you know yeah definitely and um i had wrote down you know black flash done fucked up and then um (laughs) you know when you're introduced to starlight or annie uh you know she mentions you know they're called super able these people with powers and then they were she was in like a tryout to i i guess get signed by an agency like a modeling agency that they that they kind of modeled it or not modeled but kind of molded this yeah from is like modeling agency tryouts acting agency tryouts where you know Mm -hmm. she has to show her powers she has her little you know what what does justice mean to you question um they you know you have your basically you know i was gonna say you have your seven which is just like top tier professionals and they're this world's justice league and yeah And, like, it's the thing that I have written down here is basically it's all a front. (laughs) Like, these superheroes, these superheroes aren't really heroes because it's, like, I think it's in the third episode. Yes, the third episode where they confirm when Starlight goes on that mission with the Deep, all of a sudden there's, like, they defeat the bad guys. But there's camera crews. There's the PR agent. And in the first Mm -hmm. episode when Annie Starlight um, gets signed to the Seven they the security guy basically says here's where you find all this crime like here you go they they don't do any actual work they do literally fuck all and they're just <laughs> well they're I basically mean... like they're basically there to put on the front of oh yeah we saved the world which yeah they do stuff they do stop some semblance of crimes Mm-hmm. But it's not the it's not the investigation, the actual superhero work The you got to find it. You got to go for it. It's the work is all done for them. Yeah. And then their job is to play the part. Go stop the bad guy that somebody else found for you. While it's filmed, you smile and wave to the camera and look good. And then you're fed lines that you then say in public interviews for you mm-hmm. to look like the all-American superhero. which they are not all of them are dealing (laughs) with their own shit like they have all kinds of things and like i mean there's drug abuse there's sex trafficking there's blackmail there's all kinds of debauchery there's (laughs) depression there's um eating disorders like it's literally like they're basically there to play a part well yeah i mean and that's that's why i think it's interesting that even this comic book series would focus on here's an idealistic hero from the from the midwest and she you know she's a fan Mm -hmm. so she thinks this is how it's going to be you know where you you sit in a room you discuss you know world wars like you're big league so you're not going to be on the ground listening to police scanners anymore and the first day not only is it like they're kind of making fun of her answers where she was just like i want to help people and they're like that was perfect great line she's like no i meant it and they're like and that's why we love you <laughs> yeah they're kind of like oh yeah but, great like oh, okay great job sweetie you know what i mean yeah, like they're, have... they don't believe her that she genuinely is like no like i want to be a superhero yeah. they kind of they think like you oh you just got you know signed on to an agency we're gonna do all this shit for you you just smile at the camera and wave honey like yeah, but she's she's not jaded 
yet yet you you have you know again first day getting a tour in the um comic book it's a lot worse but you had the meme two movement with her in the deep where yep. i did write down i was like the deep is too hot to be this much of an asshole Man. i literally i literally <laughs> have written down i told you about this note i literally have the deep equals major dick yeah <laughs> like I I was like, because that's another thing that hooked me. I was like, oh shit, okay, we're we're doing it. We're fucking in it. Like we're mm-hmm. all all of this shit is happening. So I was like, okay, we're gonna touch on a lot of a lot of subject matter that yeah. legitimately happens in real but life. I mean, but it's yeah, with superheroes. It really happens, especially to females. And yes. and so it's it's interesting going through with that with her, where you know her her expectations are being lowered so far with these people that she admired so much. Yep. And then you also have the other side of it of here is a victim of their negligence huey yes where you know fun fact um they asked simon simon peg to play his father because in the comic book they Uh uh modeled the drawing that they had for huey uh from simon peg in uh shaun of the dead so if you ever take a look at those panels, oh, you'll see that that character looks a I'm lot like to, Simon Pegg. So that I'm was a little homage. I'm going to have to look at those now. Because I got to tell when I saw Simon Pegg on the screen, I instantly was like, fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. okay. Was like, they, they wanted to include him because the actual comic book writers and the, illust- uh, you know, the illustrator were just, they were big fans. Um, Super but, um, you know, he's dealing with the death of his girlfriend, like his yeah, he wanted to spend the life like the rest of his life with her at that moment. So, yeah. um, you have them just kind of wanting to sweep it under the rug. Like his father is just like, "Yep, oh, that was done with that." And then you have the lawyer coming in, like, "Can you sign this that says that we're not negligible?" And yeah, this know. NDA agreement and take a forty-five thousand dollar payout. Yeah, so you'll we'll appease you. Sorry about your girlfriend dying. And, you know, he's watching them basically get away with murder. Yes. And no one's exactly. saying anything. So it's it's kind of those parallels of here here are these two fans and they're now in the middle of it on two different sides. Yes. Like inside and outside and just having their expectations just completely crushed. Like, you know, you had the scene where um, Butcher <laughs> takes him to the, the seedy nightclub where it's basically yeah. just the the den of iniquity and just, you know, hedonism. hedonism. And he's seeing all these like superheroes do all these like debaucherous acts and... He's just like, what yes. the fuck is going on here? <laughs> exactly. He's like, okay, like they, these guys are not all they're cracked up to be. But then Butcher makes the comment that Homelander is the exception, which I'm sorry, Homelander is psycho as fuck. He's Homelander, he's Homelander got is psycho, but like, what he meant is more that it's hard to catch Homelander doing something doing wrong. Homelander is, and you see this in later episodes. He is the most conscious of his his um, public appearance. That's why he's always got the big mm-hmm. smile. That's why he's always waving. And that's why he was just, you know, he's always just like, oh, I should wear the red cape. And I know what I'm supposed to say. I'm good at this and stuff like that. So, you know, he yeah. he's all about perspe- uh, perception. So, of course, he's mm-hmm. not going to be in this den where you can be videotaped. So Yeah, like he's he's very smart. Yeah, Like he, he knows how to play the game. 
And it makes me wonder, going like going into Homelander a little bit, what is his like fascination and deal with I forget her name, the CEO <laughs> corporate chick. The corporate like, lady and her yeah. baby. <laughs> Yeah, like, well, not only that, but, like, it's, I'm getting very weird, like, number one, he, like, spies on her through the wall, Mm -hmm. like, and almost has, like, this, not, like, I I want, like, jealous, murderous, irritated look on his face, and then, like, with the baby, he's super irritated, and, like, can't you just shut it up? But then, like, in the first episode, when she's talking to him, and she, like, lovingly, like, touches his cheek and is, like, comforting him, he almost looks like a boy talking to his mother. Yeah, you know, like jealous kid vibes where he's just like, can't you shut that baby up? Like he's he's supposed to be the baby. Yeah, so he's the pride and joy. He's the only one. So it's very. Yeah. But it's also like it's weird because he also doesn't like it when she tells him to not do something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then like when like searching for um, translucent. Like, he wanted to go find him, and she was like, no, security's on it, don't do that. Like, no, you won't. No, you're not going to. Um, mm-hmm. And then he kind of, like, and then he just takes manners into his own hands and does it, and it's it's just, like, this weird dynamic of, it's like a tug-of-war for control. It's almost like she's trying to control him, and he doesn't like that. But he yeah. also kind of does like it. It's weird. I don't think it's anything like that. I think he, um, especially with the uh, third episode, when you see his interactions yeah. with May, um, mm-hmm. it's not even so much that he might see her as a mother figure. I think it's more that he does not like to be replaced in anyone's life. So because her attention is now on a baby, he wants to be the baby. Same with Maeve, you know, when he like mm. super creepily was just like, if I ever thought that you really loved someone else, I, I wouldn't know what to do where he's basically just like, I'd fucking kill you. So, so I he's think it's a... more narcissistic than it mm. is um, he has an actual like deep-seated love for that lady i don't i don't think it's like a deep-seated i don't think at all it's a deep-seated love i definitely think it's a it's definitely a unhealthy very unhealthy sense of entitlement to her attention Mm -hmm. and to her uh, affections i guess not affections in like the i love you sense affections as in oh yes of course i'm gonna give you all the best stuff and you're gonna get all the best line you know what i mean like doting Mm -hmm. upon him like a son basically like he he wants to be the center of everyone's attention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he doesn't like it when he's not the one on top and i feel like we're diving into deeper into him slowly losing that grip that he's got on keeping that kind of under control a little bit and i think he's gonna snap well you can already see that he's i don't know if it's going to be i mean i do know but <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it's going to be so much that he's going to snap because you can already see um, as they kind of focus in on him, one, you get the kind of feeling, um, especially from the race, that not like Butcher has a deep seated hate for these superheroes yes. or the people who are super powered. And he seems to hate Homelander the most. Like you can right. see him staring him down like that's that's a yeah. dumb thing if you're trying to keep your move secret to basically show your face but you also saw that he recognized him so he's he's dealt with homelander before and you also see like with homelander you know very first episode at the end with the um congressman he Mm -hmm. straight up causes their plane to crash 
much. Like he kills yeah, them. No, no remorse. Like no remorse. Nothing. Totally no fine killing them, and that was not yeah. on orders because she even asked, and he was just like, I don't know. Yeah, like he did that completely on his own, which then makes me ask the question, you know, what is Butcher's deal with the supers, mm-hmm. Homelander in particular, and what the fuck are the Mallory files? Like, yeah. what are those? You know, like, why does he want them so bad? They're tied to something in the past for him, I feel like. That what I'm getting, based off of what, you know, Mother's Milk and Frenchie have said, and then there, and Becca, I think, is the, is like his old flame who he broke into the house of, who works for the CIA, CSI, um, or CIA. Um, yeah like what are those files like what are they is it a is it a similar situation to huey's thing or is it like totally separate you know is it something something's there that is the catalyst for why Mm -hmm. butcher fucking hates supers yeah like he he hates them real hard and so um what is it i did say um butcher is foul for basically making dewey his patsy and that's oh, yeah. you know with that kind of look of recognition uh rec- recognition you you know you kind of figure out why he was not the one to plant that tracker that led to everything that happened with translucent yeah exactly um, like you, so you he figure was, out why yeah, he was super foul for that one. And then I, um, like even Translucent, I had a lot of questions like, one, why is he invisible all the time? Do you just like being naked? Two, <laughs> how are you, like, are these bathrooms co-ed in an office building? Yeah. yeah, like that's what I'm getting at too. I'm like, is this a co-ed bathroom? That's so weird. Like, because yeah. obviously... Y'all don't obviously live here. They, no, they, don't they though? Because wasn't Starlight in there in like her pajamas? Don't they know. live like, there? I couldn't, I couldn't figure out if she arrived there and she was getting dressed. Because, you know, no, I think... you've seen them out and about like... They have an apartment somewhere. I don't, I, I feel like I don't but know. Is that, but is that like, well, that was the, um the, like the fallen B-list hero, if you will. She had an apartment that she can no longer pay for because she's fallen out of the graces. But, oh yeah, no, I mean but more. Like the, but like the seven though, I think the seven live in that building because, because oh. I mean like, yeah, they, they go, they come and go as they please in their um secret identities, but they always come back to the tower. Mm-hmm. Like they always come back there so i think they live there but also at the same time why do they have a joint bathroom then if they live there <laughs> yeah you know but I, two, I have that question where do they sleep right <laughs> like, where do they sleep if they live there or have we yeah. just not gotten there yet like we just haven't gotten there yet and just... why and why in the hell did translucent translucent was such a creeper just constantly <laughs> invisible in the bathroom he's just naked like, in the bathroom watching someone cry like yeah like not not only cry but like she was like she was like she was throwing up she was crying like I do mean, you just like hang out in the bathroom listening to people pee like that's yeah. weird <laughs> And then, you know, either Maeve knew that's something that he would do or she could see him. She can see past mm-hmm. the invisibility. So that that was interesting yeah. for her. Like, what are her powers, really? Um, and then with everything, when he when they actually beat him by electrocuting him because, you know, they oh no like they attacks Huey yeah. um yeah like they electrocute him and knock his ass out yeah, yeah. you know just like a hero <laughs> beat the shit out of someone um <laughs> yeah exactly like beat the shit out of somebody you come uh, number one he went alone didn't tell anybody where right. he was going so mm-hmm. he had a personal stake in that and obviously knew that you know there was something that they could find out yeah so there's a level of awareness between the seven for sure for sure and you know having that like when he 
he's passed <clears throat> out in the drunk, still invisible. Put him in the cage, still invisible. Like, how long are you going to yeah. stay invisible? I know at that point, now you're just naked because you didn't bring your clothes. But yeah, y'all, because, you like, were still invisible right now? Yeah, like, why are you, like, he is invisible when he's passed out, which is like, is it, because, like, they established that it's something that he can turn on and off. Mm-hmm. Like, his his skin, you know, like, the, the turning on of, like, the particles in his skin that make it, you know, rock solid and can make him invisible. But if he's passed out, why did he still stay invisible? Mm-hmm. You know, because then he has no conscious control over it. So then, does he have control? I mean, I you think know? he has like, control. I think it's not so much he has to keep concentrating <laughs> on being invisible. I think it's just, now I'm invisible here we go for the rest yeah. of the day um but so literally that, literally a light switch if you turn it on and don't turn it off it's gonna stay on mm-hmm. but that whole thing like you know again dewey is still innocent and all this and i loved the framing especially in the second episode right before like while they are trying to um figure out like what they're actually going to do with him mm-hmm. um, at that point you know huey wasn't all in it was more that he was forced to come because butcher is just like he's seen our faces he knows you planted the bug he's gonna fucking kill you because that's how yeah. things are and you you need to come with us uh butcher and frenchie are just totally fine with just killing and torturing him so i love that every time you saw them kind of discussing like you know huey's just like well let's just let them go let's explain let's you know i want to ask my questions about a train and then we and then he can go and every time he's talking to them they have him in frame with the poster the keep your hands clean yeah i love oh my god you noticed that too because i was like "Ooh, i love that cinematography (laughs) and writing i noticed it (laughs) yes no like it's it's not more of like a you noticed it too wow it was more it's more of a heck yeah i'm glad that you noticed that too because i knew you would like and it's something that like i wanted to bring up too that's what i was more getting to okay like i I love that framing i i i still think they were dumb leaving him alone with translucent because like what translucent said he was like my superpower isn't just being invisible my real power is watching people yeah like he is a master manipulator oh yeah like you could you could tell like you could tell that that dude has a silver tongue like he's oh, yeah. good at what he does and he and he's good at what he does because he's good at reading maybe that's why he's invisible so much is because he number one he's he a creeper to watch but also, people. yeah he's a creeper yeah, but he just, he just wants to watch people to gain like gain any insight. sort of personal gain insight gain any mm-hmm. sort of personal leverage for whatever personal vendettas he has like he's an information gatherer that's mm-hmm. what he did and he yeah. and he got good by watching people so they were super wrong for leaving Huey alone with Translucent, but Huey, in like a moment of, you know, growing a pair of balls, offs the bomb that's inside Translucent's butt and completely <laughs> well, I mean, you can You can see it building up already. Like, yeah. already he's super angry about everything because he's still grieving and you can see just him just like don't worry you know he has the little smirk on his face like oh i got him i got him and he's just sitting there like i can't let another superhero get away with this and he just goes Mm -hmm. click and it's just oh 
that the first time I saw that, I was like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I was like, oh shit. But then I was like, you know what? Makes sense. It tracks for where Huey is, like mentally wise. Like, absolutely. He's like, and also to that point, the scene where Huey is destroying all the superhero memorabilia in his room, he was a fan. He loved supers until he found out what they're actually like, you know? Mm -hmm. Until he was faced with that harsh reality of them murdering his girlfriend and getting away with it like he it just built up to a point where he could not take it anymore and it's I'm very interested to see now that you know Butch now that Homelander has found Translucent's body and the note in the inside of the trunk of coming for you Mm -hmm. I'm like yeah that that just adds more to the point of Butcher's got a personal vendetta against Homelander and I want to dive more into his story like what's his deal oh no it's good um so a couple more things um I love they have their little um what is it uh make a wish foundation visits and i did write down i was like cancer kid is an asshole but hilarious (laughs) (laughs) oh absolutely i was like you know i'm not trans like he's trying to make you know a good thing because he's trying to be gentle about it but he's still trying to save face because they have cameras yeah so a train you know sitting there just like you know i mean the i can i can run real fast i got you these shoes and so you can be styling like already a train is an idiot but (laughs) The kid just straight yeah. up looking at him like, will I outrun cancer? I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Oh shit! And it's like the whole time I was just like gritting my teeth, like you know the emoji that has like the exposed teeth, where you're just like, yikes! <laughs> that whole time, that so whole that, time, you know, the, the deep a little bitch, because yeah, you know, mm-hmm. he's talking all big when they have the Me Too move uh, moment, and yeah. then the minute after that when she finally is just like, no, fuck you, you're not number two, you're not powerful. Claps to you, you got me, but you come near me again, and I'm gonna burn your fucking eyes out he's just like he's like oh shit yeah he just literally just tucks his tail between his legs and he's like oh shit yeah Yeah. he he ain't nothing he ain't nothing uh want to find out who mallory is we still haven't found out that so they they had mentioned that and you mentioned that they're the mallory files so there's this is someone that i guess has worked with the cia since the cia have those files uh which Mm -hmm. breaks into question did Butcher, Mother's Milk, and Frenchie used to work for the CIA because yeah. they, that's what they said, it's like, we, we all work together, but then they broke up for some reason. Yeah, and um, like, they, they mention, you like, know, when he said, I'm not going to forgive you for what you did to Mallory's grandkids, so. Yes, that's what exactly what I was going to say, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so one there's, thing. There's something. Yeah. There's something there. Uh, another question that, that, you know, you write down from the episodes is, who's Lamplighter? You know, Lamplighter was the yeah. hero who's gone missing that they keep mentioning when they're trying to, you know, I thought they said oh, this tight. can't come out. They said no, that, that pub- was the public. That was the mm-hmm. public. Later that's, on, they said Lamplighter went missing. That's right. Yeah, that's why they brought on Starlight. She mm-hmm. was his replacement. And that's what they said. Well, he retired. So now we have someone new who's stepping into the role. But then alone, that's why um, that was one of the points that Homelander made to the lady was that after Lamplighter disappeared, they can't afford Translucent to just appear as well yeah so there's that um third episode uh with Popclaw and her landlord yeah i'm sorry oh my god oh my god <laughs> i i wrote down i was like alexi is sweet but super dumb what the fuck yeah mm, super <laughs> what you doing super, there sir like sir 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 <laughs> like oh boy it does oh, it, oh boy. It obviously does not work out for him. He gets crushed by her 
her, oh yeah. my god yeah he gets <laughs> he gets his head crushed yeah like oh my god and then it's interesting like because now frenchie and butcher are like we're gonna help you because like you just killed your landlord in a drug-induced rage mm-hmm. like well not even a rage just like a drug-induced situation where you're not supposed to be doing you no know, the equivalent of superhero roids yeah you know so we're gonna help you but you're also gonna tell us everything you know about the superhero roids yeah you know so that dynamic is going to be interesting to see because then that directly links huey and a train the you know the black flash yeah black so flash. um and that's i mean and she does mention that that he was high at the time that's why he kept going i yep. can't stop i can't stop yeah he was on it at the like, time. sweetie you ran through a lady so yeah there's so that's that um interesting yeah i said um who is mr edgar because they keep mentioning oh mr edgar's not gonna like that and you know mr edgar wants us to be mm-hmm. here so who, yeah. who the fuck Who's is that? that yeah who the fuck is that <laughs> and I, I kept writing down why is homelander so weird around babies <laughs> <laughs> i literally i literally wrote down what's his deal with the baby <laughs> yeah like what's his damage with this baby yeah but like homelander i know like does make a comment of like some something to the equivalent of like they say um they say jump and we say how high why Mm -hmm. Why? he's like we're we're the ones with the superpowers why are we bending to them Mm -hmm. yeah but i i wrote that down just as a question and then something that i didn't catch on my first two viewings of the first season um was um did mave have a similar moment that um starlight did but only with homelander because yeah. he seems the type for one mm-hmm. and then two she she's already like when he was like grabbing her face like yeah she kept the smile on for the cameras mm-hmm. but you can see in her like demeanor that it's it's uncomfortable but it's also like that forced i know i'm about to be uncomfortable for a while yeah like, and, like that, could, that beaten down even, yeah you could even see that when she walked away it dug up even like when they were in the building so like at the race mm-hmm. and then when they were at the building together mm-hmm. her expressions and the way she was acting when no one could see her you could tell that's like i'm gonna be feeling this for a hot minute situation so definitely agree with you think that she may have had some sort of like moment like that Mm -hmm. you know and then you know and it calls back you know when she does confront starlight in the bathroom where you have that kind of woman to woman talk of don't be one of those girls Um, yeah like don't let them see you like that she immediately knew no one else was in the room maybe translucent but no one else is in the room when that happened she knows that crying and throwing up in the bathroom means that someone's just force you to choke on some dick like yep <laughs> like that you that comes from experience so yes that was yeah, another so. question I had going forward. Um, how, how, I know, I know you said kind of, but how are you liking it so far? Any predictions, anything like that? I, I'm loving it so far. It was very difficult for me to stop after episode three, because <laughs> I know we're only going <laughs> to three episodes. Yes. Um, I really do. I love the, it's almost like, you know, like dystopian, you know, like an alternate reality or, you know, so it kind, kind of not, not really, but it's reading like that to me where it's like another reality in which this is a commonplace thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I am in love with it. <laughs> I love the show so much so far. It's very engaging, intriguing, um, has a lot of, I wrote down blackmail, lots of blackmail. Um, yes, lots <laughs> it's of blackmail. Got, it's got a lot of stuff in there that I'm just like, ooh, like I almost got like, I gotta get a, like a huge bucket of popcorn and just like eat through it and just like can't tear my eyes away from the screen. It's good. Um, I predict 
that uh, Starlight and Maeve are going to kind of have a team up thing. Okay. I feel like they may have a, especially after Maeve's whole interaction with Homelander in the last episode, I feel like they may have like a, you know, girl, girl solidarity type of situation happen. Mm-hmm. But I also think Starlight's going to sort of fall into what Huey and Butcher and Mother's Milk and Frenchie are trying to do, but not with them in her own way, like from the okay. inside, you know what in I mean? The inside. Okay. That's how I'm tracking it. But, you know, I could be entirely wrong. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Um, I know you've seen the first season, so you, you know, you can't tell I me know. anything. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I, I saw the first season. I read the, I, I read the graphic novels, so I know. Yeah, you, you know, you be knowing. I have no idea. Like I said, you're my lore master. I have not a clue. I am straight <laughs> up a fan of film and movie watching these for the first time and, you know, giving my giving my honest thoughts. Yeah. But Wanda freaking Vision. Wanda Vision. Wanda Vision, dude. Oh, crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> like, it started, it started, it started off with a huge, huge bang for me, but yeah. how it's been building and then this bombshell with episode seven. Oh. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> we, we, we quickly caught up so we would be able to be current with WandaVision since yes. they released them like, like, uh, weekly and you know this episode episode 7 which is 2000 10 era of television 2000-2010. Yeah. Um, so you have very modern family style shooting of you know, this is like the the cinemato- cinematography is very modern family. Uh, the little yeah. the interviews office. and stuff. Yeah, um, and then you of- had like the opening that was very, very office. Very the oh, office. <laughs> very office. Just like that modern family sit down interview and like mm-hmm. the office deadpan looking at the camera. Like yeah. very much 2000-2010 you know like TV and very so that was a good little homage and you know they start off right where um, it left it leaves off which is uh, Wanda expanding the borders to stop the sword agents from trying to infiltrate and (laughs) grab vision sword (laughs) so uh, was it she she gets Darcy in the hex yep Monica Rambeau and Jimmy Woo Jimmy uh, they are they are actually away so they don't get caught mm-hmm. and um of course dick bag does not get caught because yeah why not because yeah, <laughs> why the fuck not like, why the fuck not but i did write you know for most of the uh little theme song they don't do like a whole bunch of wandavision because you know all the mm-hmm. other ones when he's actually there with her it's a lot of like wandavision 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 like they're they're, yeah. they're together but now that they're not together it, it was, was a lot wanda. of just wanda yeah and at the very end just the vision's very... name just sliding in there yeah but the entire time it was wanda focused mm-hmm. what is it you you catch up you know she's lying in bed she's um you can kind of see that depression sitting in yeah so she's just lying in bed uh you know her kids kind of let you know like hey these these little glitches or whatever what's happening are getting worse because now objects are starting to revert to previous versions yep like you know the the controller was going from like you know newer maybe ps3 controller to Nintendo like 64 controller yeah. to little pong like, controller like the like the tv yeah. like the wallpaper the furniture everything just started to glitch mm-hmm. out and wanda's just like full full on the depression she's, setting in like she's full on dark and twisty just be like everything's meaningless i mean yeah you know, like I, like yeah like there's no there's no point to anything like i don't have all the answers like everything's going 
going to hell. Like, and then one interesting thing she does say, because they were just like, well, where's dad? And, you know, that was kind of part of her little thing. It was like, if he doesn't want to be here with me, then I there's nothing I can do about it. And that's kind yeah, of yeah, there's nothing where her. De- yeah, you can see a little bit. That's where her depression is stemming from, because she thinks he wanted to escape me so bad that he was willing to die for it. But also, yeah, when they ask, they say they ask about Pietro, fake Pietro. She immediately is just like, don't talk about him. Don't listen to him. He's not your uncle. So that's yeah. like, how long have you known that, that he was fake? Were you <laughs> exactly. just playing it? Like, I don't know, but I'll let you around my kids. Yeah, like, like or, or it's like, I kind of don't know what's happening, but I'm just going to go along with it anyway. But I still have my doubts. Like, yeah, definitely but, the kids were like, well, who is he then? And she well, was I mean, like, she, she was definitely just like, that's not your uncle. So I don't think she wants to tell them, oh, he's a construct of my imagination, which we'll get back to. But yes. I think I think it was more what she was saying, like when she was like, he's not your uncle. Like after what he said about vision being, you know, your twice dead husband can't die. Like your dead husband can't die twice. And she like pushed him into a wall. I think that's kind of what cemented it for her as she was like interrogating him. Yeah. You know, about yeah. his accents, about memories together and stuff like that. She Which, was like, no, he's fake. My brother yeah, wouldn't do Yeah, definitely agree with you there. And like, and we could get back to that too, kind of toward mm-hmm. the end of this one, because definitely that cemented for her that okay this is not my brother mm-hmm. like because number one he doesn't look the same number two he doesn't sound the same like she yeah. was totally interrogating him those for those two episodes or you know that at the end of the episode and that whole episode right before episode seven she was interrogating him and throwing in little things about their childhood and he kind of like didn't uh-huh. track it and so she was kind of like okay this is this like something smells off here you know and at the end of episode six she was like nope okay this is like this person is definitely not uh, you know yeah, which she just had that experience not. with monica two episodes prior where she was like nope you're not a part of my world you're gonna get out well i mean you know monica kind of gave herself away i think that was like something triggered it because you can even see well, yeah. that she was a little confused when she was saying wait your brother was killed by ultron yeah. and that's when wanda was just like no one in my perfect little world that i've made should know about ultron that's right. not and what like, i want right so. and like and that's not what i'm saying is what i'm saying is is that wanda had that moment of you're not a part of my world you're not something i made mm-hmm. or like not something that i'm controlling yeah so it's that moment because she knew that ph was fake and then she knew that monica was fake after monica gave herself away and after constant you know interrogation of pietro and you know then that going like going to like darcy when you know vision wakes up um he's just in the field with all the other agents who have now turned into a circus mm-hmm. and darcy's there and he gives darcy back control of her mind mm-hmm. um darcy tells him basically everything that he does not know before his life in westworld so the fact that he asked wanda to kill him westview westview sorry not westworld westview (laughs) um and you know that wanda like he asked wanda to kill him she did so that way he wouldn't fall into the wrong hands Mm -hmm. thanos reversed time and killed him himself so he died came back died again and then so darcy basically fills him in and the entire time they're trying to get back to wanda wanda's 
blocking him, like creating obstacles. It's either Wanda or it's, you know, we'll get to it later. Something is blocking Vision from getting back to Wanda. Yeah. Well, I mean, because now we're getting into this territory. Spoiler, spoiler. Uh, Agnes was Agatha Harkness the whole time, which if anyone has read the comic books, everyone has been mentioning and predicting, especially uh, these YouTubers that I watched that I shared with you. Mm. Uh, The new rock stars, that was one of their predictions was that Agnes was uh, Agatha Harkness, who was a like a witch from the Salem Salem witch trials. So um, that that was the big reveal that she she has complete control of her mind. She is not in this, that she has been pulling a lot of the strings of the (sighs) dissension going on throughout the episodes. Mm -hmm. So that is one thing, you know, I think especially with um, when he's just like, why do we keep stopping, like getting every stop sign when there's no cars? And he's just like, I think my wife doesn't want me to come there. I think that that was actually Agatha because she has a lot more control than she was letting on that that we found out at the end. Um, Oh, yeah. And I think she's doing it too isolate Wanda like she wants Wanda in that kind of space because another thing when they had their little their awesome little theme music sequence (laughs) (laughs) Agatha's song my god it was great Agatha's song was great During that little sequence, they made it seem that she actually created the fake Pietro. And so that makes a lot more sense why he's so flippant about yeah. all the important things in their life and uh, why he he was basically just kind of just like, you know, oh, yeah, you're a terrible person, but I'm fine with it. Like, he's like picking yeah. out a scat with one. Oh, yeah, definitely. So. Like everything. I, Agatha's whole goal that I am seeing is to keep Wanda down in this in this state so she's kind of Mm -hmm. trying to keep control of wanda and do and have wanda like basically poke and prod the bear to keep her in this situation and that's when like when uh wanda had that confrontation with monica after monica broke through the barrier which Mm -hmm. i want to talk about because (laughs) oh my god um but we'll get to that in a second um and agnes Agnes, you know, air quotes, comes through and is like, no, 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 stop bothering her. She's been through enough and leads her not into Wanda's own house, but, but into her house. But into mm-hmm. her house, which was, you know, red flag number one for me before they revealed it. Um, like she's definitely trying to isolate her. But mm-hmm. then also you know, the, she intentionally tells her about the basement in the house. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, like, the twins are probably, which, number one, what happened to the fucking twins? Um, but like, oh no, like, the, the the twins are playing down in the basement, and so she intentionally, like, tells Wanda and doesn't stop her from going mm-hmm. down there. Does not stop her. So, I think Agatha's goal is tied to the basement somehow. She wants something with Wanda. She wants mm-hmm. Wanda for something. There are th- there are predictions on that, and it makes a mm-hmm. lot more sense when you think about about the series of um, comic releases that go into all of this that's based on. With the Agatha reveal, you know, again, it brings a lot into question with um, Vision as well. I think yeah. because it seemed strange to me that Vision did not remember like not that he died but also like how he came to be. He asked Darcy about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's just so interesting you, too. you forgot that you you were made by Ultron like that's that was your birth. You don't know who the Avengers are like again. 
So yeah. I, so I do like, think that was, I do think they're using his body, of course, as a, you know, kind of framework. But I think, you know, either Wanda's doing it where she's just trying to save him from all the pain that she had to deal with. Uh-huh. And so that's why, like, really more what he gets is a feeling of I belong with Wanda which is very sweet. But, you know, the kind of more sinister option is that, no, Agatha made him too. And then... That's what I was going to say. Remembered. Uh, when everything is glitching out, I don't know if you noticed, uh, the house itself, uh, you see after a while, it looks like someone burned it down. Yes, mm-hmm. so I noticed that. There is also a theory that says um, that everyone in that town are basically dead. And she brought them back to life. Like something happened in the town oh. and she was trying to reverse it. Like, you know, she... Rewrite, re- rewrite re- reality. Yeah, rewrite reality. Like she saw these people being hurt and... She rewrote it so that they were all alive. But, you know, that's another question that I hope they do answer. Where did all these people come from? Because they've already said yeah. with uh, with Norm, his his actually real personality. He doesn't yeah. live as, you know, that's why they were all missing. They're missing from their actual homes, which is not Westview, New Jersey. So how how did they all get there? Who put them there? Cause, exactly. Yeah. But um, so it's like, was to, there... Like, going going to, like, your point of, like, is the town, like, was the town burned down? Like, maybe there was a Westview, keyword Mm -hmm. was, but something happened to the town, Mm -hmm. and she brought in people from outside and found this, you know, abandoned town and made it again. You know, something Mm -hmm. like that could could be possible as well. It could. Yeah, so that is definitely a question. Uh, getting to what you were excited about, uh, Monica Rambeau got her superpowers. Oh my gosh! Okay, so now because my my good law master, um, <laughs> is she photon or is she spectrum? She is spectrum. Spectrum. Uh, her mom, okay. They made photon like that was uh-huh. her code name. Okay. That was a little nod that she would be photon. Uh, Monica is spectrum, that and that's is... why when she was looking with her glowing eyes she can see mm-hmm. the different spectrum fields coming off of everything so because yeah, like that that's what i was wondering about that too because literally i before i even watched the episode i follow this fantastic fantastic cosplayer on twitter who's actually the host of the new star wars high republic show nice. like she is a fantastic cosplayer she posted a cosplay of her doing Monica Rambo as Spectrum. And even before I watched the episode, I saw that and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> my God. So that that was pretty flipping cool for me to be to yeah. kind of like connect those dots. I was like, did she? Is she? Oh, <gasps> she is. <laughs> So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Since we're getting into the comic book, what you said about the kids, where are they? Yeah. That that is one of the predictions if they will go this dark. Um, In the comic or the preceding comic, comic, WandaVision, and then after that, House of M, um, Uh Wanda's kids get absorbed into a character uh, named Mephesto. Which is basically just Marvel Universe oh. devil or Satan, yeah. okay, who okay. Um, Agatha Harkness is working for as a witch. You know the whole Salem witch thing of oh mm-hmm. she married Satan and that's how she got her powers. Well, that's literally what they made it. 
(laughs) So, you know, they put her in this reality with with Vision, like, so they can live a happy life alone and idealistic and all that stuff. They have kids and the two kids become new Avengers. Um, I forgot their names. I will look them up later. (laughs) (laughs) But um, they they made they wanted her to have children because the children themselves sucked out a portion of Wanda's powers. And in oh, the comics, okay. they're chaos powers, not from a an infinity stone because she's a mutant. But, yeah. you know, yeah. we couldn't do that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, the kids are there. They, like, kind of grow and they get a little bit stronger. And Mephesto basically traumatized Wanda by absorbing them into himself and, like, you know, kind of throwing it in her face. And Agatha um, makes Wanda forget that she even had children and there's some time in between WandaVision and House of M where Wanda actually remembers her kids being killed in that way and House of M goes into the more like how Wanda is powerful enough to change reality itself because you know lots of stuff happens but one of the most famous things is that she gets so mad at Magneto for being like fuck them kids I'm generalizing I know that's not really what it is (laughs) (laughs) I'm generalizing for time (laughs) but he's like you know fuck them kids she basically is just so distraught she she puts out you know I wish there were no more mutants and erases like almost every mutant powers like it goes from maybe 4 million of the population are mutants to maybe 4,000 thousand four hundred actually she went straight up thanos yeah like she she took away their powers she erased some people like it goes into a whole thing and then it leads into a whole lot more like i said marvel is one of those where everyone crosses over everywhere yeah everything everything. so that that's going to be interesting especially because already you know that wandavision is going to have a part to play in uh dr strange multiverse (laughs) madness and spider-man 3 spider-verse so that's yeah. something to keep keep uh keep, keep in, in the back of your mind that them kids <laughs> might actually be gone forever now <laughs> i mean so. i i had a feeling that we weren't gonna see the kids again i like not knowing any of the comic stuff that was like pretty pretty obvious to me that um we weren't gonna see the kids again like the kids are gone like i like duh the kids are gone you know especially now that they've revealed the big bad basically mm-hmm. like you know that the those, you know, we're gonna find out what happened to them maybe um but they're they're not there they're not yeah, there anymore they're not so there that's it's um, gonna be it's gonna be fun to see like what they do with that and real quick because i feel like i'm doing her a disservice if i don't shout her out christina ariel is the cosplayer <laughs> and host of uh the star wars high republic jedi high republic show mm-hmm. that I wanted to actually say her name. She's fantastic. Great cosplayer. You know, great, great host of that show. Just wanted to actually shout her out there because she's great. Great. Love her. <laughs> great. Love her. And but like, awesome. <laughs> but on the same topic of Monica Rambo. <laughs> Um, I absolutely loved her, like, like, the way they wrote her, like, actually, like, getting her powers and, like, entering into the hex, and that's what gives her her abilities, because Mm -hmm. I feel like it was also a, a, like, metaphor for her journey with dealing, like, number one, coming back from the snap, and then uh, everything that happened before when she was a kid with her mom and Captain Marvel, and everything that happened in between, like, her whole, like, mental journey journey of coming to terms with it just like you literally see her walk through that journey and then come Mm -hmm. out the other end of it and she's totally unaffected by the hex 
super I just I just loved the imagery of that. I think it was powerful. Like I do. I do like that she literally pushed through her own grief, which is one of the things yeah. that she actually had in common with with Wanda. Uh-huh. Where that's why she wanted to help Wanda so bad is that she was saying, I felt what she was feeling and I still feel yes. it now for my own family. I know what it's like. She's yeah. not evil. She's she's grieving. Yeah. Brings me to something I want to go back to. Norm. Um or uh-huh. now that we have the reveal of Agatha Harkness. Everyone thinks that the the denizens of Westview, they're in so much pain and that it's Wanda mm-hmm. who's controlling them. I don't think that's right because Ooh. no one actually said it was Wanda except for Agatha, which now we know she a big fat liar. Yeah. Like the other guy who who uh, Vision actually like kind of gave him back his mind and he started freaking out. Uh, all he said was she. She won't let us. Mm, that is a good point. So I yeah, I don't I don't think it was I don't think it's um, Wanda who's technically controlling them. I think she's changed a lot of it and um, she thought she mm-hmm. was. But yeah. since Ag- Agatha was able to wake Herb, the black guy with the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she was able to wake him up enough, like I said, to sow seeds of dissension between her and Vision about what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like I think she's actually the her that they're talking about when they're saying it hurts. I don't think it's Wanda. I don't think she would actually cause them pain like that. Because even Monica was just like, it wasn't painful. I feel fine, but yeah. you can feel an echo of her grief. That that's why she wants this to be i like idyllic mm-hmm. so then to that to that point then it's logical then to assume or, or predict that they will go pretty dang close to the comic books then where agatha harkness is working for mephesto mm-hmm. and mephesto did i get that correct yeah yes um mephesto <laughs> mephesto um <laughs> where agatha's working for mephesto which is basically marvel satan Mm-hmm. And, you know, going in the di- and going in that direction. So then is did Agatha then that begs the question, did Agatha put Wanda there like, yeah. or did or did Wanda come across this town and then Agatha just, you know, poked her to do it? Or did um Agatha put Wanda there? Mm-hmm. Then Cause... I just thought of this. This could be totally unrelated. But was it then really Wanda who got Vision's body? Was that really Wanda? That was because they yeah. have the video thing that's you know dick face hayward that's his whole thing you know why he was trying to say that wanda was dangerous and she needed to be shot on sight like a dick yeah, bag like absolute <laughs> asshole yeah um, was that they had the video of her storming in to the lab where yeah. <laughs> fucking little liar was just like yeah we were just studying him no they were trying to turn him back on so yeah, they could they have a sentient weapon yep exactly which but, literally want and, and that pisses me off too because he threw it in I believe Monica's face where he said Wanda went against Vision's last dying wish which no she did not to bring him back no she did not you did sir you were bringing back the sentient weapon you went against Vision's last dying Dying wish wish. you dick (laughs) (laughs) you little Dick. <laughs> but anyway, so, okay, that, that was just like a, no. you know, the crazy, you know, conspiracy theorist, you know, the guy with the strings and the pictures behind him. And he's just like, like that, that was that <laughs> moment for me right there. I was like, well, what if it, it all connects, but it doesn't connect. And oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we, we might as well have a board like that really. But yeah, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm super hyped for, for next week's. I hate that. It's oh, like, yeah. like every week. I just want to watch it all at once. Oh. 
but um, I just want oh, it to like release all at once but they're they're good they're good at good at mm-hmm. the suspense so I'm very excited for that yeah super super excited for next week's episode super this episode excited. was a bombshell we got two more right there's only nine episodes in this stint uh yeah yeah we got two more two more so So, who things are gonna start start really getting juicy i'm who i'm excited (laughs) yeah so yeah i just yeah I think it's going to be crazy. Um, so Super quickly, uh, me and Quinn watch too much TV and have too many varied interests, Wait, but it's kind of the same interest yeah. that we miss shows. So we have started watching some of our favorites. I am making watch, uh, making Quinn watch Westworld on HBO oh. Oh. and she is having me watch Firefly. Firefly. So. <laughs> Firefly. Oh, Firefly. oh my God. I was... Uh, I just wrote, like, we'll get it to it later, but I was so sad that you had never watched Firefly. <laughs> well, so I mean, we're going to, we're freaking talking about Firefly because I, oh, yeah. you've got questions. I did not. Yeah. I got, I got questions because <laughs> I think my history was I saw the movie and did not know it was a show. So already the yeah. movie was kind of just like, I don't know who these people are and why everyone's excited. And oh my God, that guy died. It's kind of sad, but why are people crying? But <laughs> yeah. So you did it in um, reverse order. I did, I did, but I have questions. Um, for one, why a two-hour episode, my guy? Joss Whedon, what were you doing in 2003? (laughs) Hey man, Fox was gonna be like two hours, my man. Like no. (laughs) Hey, hey man. I don't know. I don't know why the first episode was almost two hours. And then like everything else after that seems to be like 45 minutes, an hour. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know why the pilot was, it was a movie so long. So yeah. I, you know, I, I, it, it started off with a bang, you know, <laughs> I wrote down, oh, look at those special effects. Cause it's 2002, yeah. 2003, oh, you know. So not a lot of CGI happening, but that was okay. Um, I love Nathan Fillion. He's very charismatic. He's awesome. Um, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. I, did, I do not know what war that is. I guess you learn that later but what war are they in so so they kind of they kind of allude to it or not really allude to it they explain it more in um in uh the intros to to the episodes afterward Mm -hmm. basically they used up the what they call the earth that was so our earth as we know it it was all used up everything was gone no natural resources so they okay. started expanding out to other planets in the galaxy, and there was a war over how to rule the galaxy. So basically, the core planets said, you guys are going to follow our rule and our rules. And mm-hmm. the, this band of people called the Independents, which uh, Mal, Nathan Fillion, is a part of, they said, mm-hmm. no, everyone should be independent and like live, like everyone should like live by their own rules. That sounds like really like cha- chaotic, but it's basically like, it's like independent independence not you know think comparatively star wars empire yeah. and galactic republic that mm-hmm. kind of situation so that so the war that they're referring to is the war between the core planets and the independence or the brown coats okay. and the independence lost at the battle the very first battle you see in the very opening of the episode is the battle of serenity valley okay. where the brown coats lost like yeah. hardcore lost and then yeah. jump six years and that's when you get into the story okay okay yeah um, it was it was really good and i and i did catch i was like space western because you know oh, yeah. they they kind of hammered that in a little bit but again 2002 so you know you had yeah. all the twangy little oh yeah and like the whole, <laughs> and the whole 
And the whole juxtaposition and reasoning for that is Joss Whedon's vision for it was it's like end of the end of the earth, end of the world, and the only two surviving superpowers are the United States and China, right? Yeah. And yeah, then that. he's like, and he's like randomly speaking Chinese. I think I wrote and, that down. <laughs> yeah. So to kind of speak on that, the reason why they use Chinese is twofold. Number one, the blending of the cultures because they were mm-hmm. the two last surviving superpowers, mm-hmm. but also it's so they could get away with more cursing. Pretty much. Because um, so, I, I, that, that was literally my note. Joss Whedon knows we don't speak Chinese, right? Even in 2021. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it didn't was... put any subtitles. Oh, yeah, I know. And that's why there's no translation. Like, that's why there's no translation. It's really just in moments of crisis, when shit goes from bad to worse, when you want to say something, you know, that regular, you know, primetime television wouldn't allow. It's in Chinese, you know. But I I did like seeing some of my some of my favorite actors and other things (laughs) like um, the first little shop owner that gave them the the job in the pilot. He plays Crowley in Supernatural which I do yes. want you to watch one day. Um, the shepherd plays a um, like a wise doctor or whatever who did did things to Coulson in Agents of Shield, so I recognized him. Um, you know, Zoe. Shepherd, Shepherd seen... Book, you mean? Yeah, Shepherd Book. Yeah, unfortunately, he has passed, which I am very sad about. I know. I'm so sad about. But him. I mean, I knew him. I knew mm-hmm. the. You know, I of course knew Alan Tudyk. I did, but I was like Alan Tudyk. Oh my god. So I've told you this before, but our audience does not know. I have met Alan Tudyk. I have a picture with Alan Tudyk. And he is the sweetest, most humblest, humblest, most humble man, the best ever. Super sweet. Like even in like a busy, busy con where he meets literally thousands of people, Mm -hmm. took a second like took two minutes to talk to not only me, but each individual person that he met, shook our hands, thanked us for seeing him. He great man. Great, great man. (laughs) Oh, see, I like that. But yeah, I, I recognize, you know, a lot of them, um, Kaylee. Oh, I love this. Um, one, I recognized her from this really old, like back in the nineties, Nickelodeon show called fast forward her and, um, Oh, what's his name? Ben Foster. Yeah. Sorry. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Brian W. Foster. Whatever. I think it is Ben Foster. I'm sorry to this man. <laughs> Just, I'm sorry. <laughs> to man. I'm sorry. sorry I don't to this man. Who you are. You're turning into but, faces of actors, but have no idea what their names are. <laughs> I mean, I know what his name is. I just can't remember because I have critical role in my head. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Cabbage Man Foster, okay? It's not. <laughs> But he, um, he and her, uh, she and him, he and her, they were in this show called Fast Forward yeah. that me and my uh, sister used to watch back in the day, back in the 90s when they oh, had yeah. book juice and all that stuff. So oh, yeah. um, I didn't, I didn't been knew her. And also when, when she got shot, I was like, mm, I knew she was too nice for this world. They killed her off already. <laughs> Which is a very yeah, walking which dead they do, way which to look at stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, thank God they don't. Because I, I had that same reaction. I was like, not Kaylee. 
Oh, yeah. That's a a very, like, Walking Dead. Oh, you talked about hope? Get bitten by a zombie. Like, that was a very, very Walking Dead reaction. But a couple of questions, you know, I I wrote down, why is uh, Jane a murder hobo? I think that's just his character is, like, (laughs) aggro. That is is 100% (laughs) just his character. His character is he's very aggro, um, but he's also very loyal secretly. Like, he's, like, he's he's a loyal character. Like, you can see it. But he's just super aggro. Yeah. And also, like, I, because recently I watched Buffy, another Joss Whedon show, and he's in, like, the first couple episodes of Buffy. <laughs> like, the he's guy, in the a lot of stuff. Jane. He's in a lot yeah. of stuff, surprisingly, that I am now finding out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I recognize him from a ton of stuff. One thing that I forgot that he was in was New um, new Metal Jacket. Yeah. Just because you're, you're concentrated on, like, Vincent DeFario. Yep. You're, like, doing his great job, so... Yep. Um, <laughs> just, just throwing it in there. Just throwing it out there. Um, but yeah, I I did like it. Um, my my final question to you, the biggest question I have. So is the movie is an actual sequel? Because it doesn't seem like it. Because the movie so, like they're already together, so you don't know about the war, which is you know one thing. Yeah. But then they meet Simon and um his sister, whose name I wrote down, but now I can't remember. Rivers. Remember, yeah. River, yeah. So basically, the movie, after the first season of Firefly came out, it was not getting renewed. Yeah. Obviously, and you'll see this later, there will be tons of unanswered questions. There still are mm-hmm. for me, but tons of unanswered questions. And the movie was one last hurrah to kind of tie everything together and make everything kind of have a closure. But so the movie, the movie came out as like a as like a kind of a tie between the show and then tying in what they were trying. They basically took like their entire idea for this multi-season show and condensed it into a movie after it wasn't getting renewed. Okay. Cause I mean, like, like I heard that the movie was a sequel to the show, but then when I'm watching the first episode, I was like, but wait, it's not really a, (laughs) it's not really a sequel so much as it's, Hey man, your show's great. I know you wanted it to go for like, 10 seasons but sorry man it's just not for us right now it's not gonna get picked up again but we'll give you a multi-billion dollar budget to make a movie about it and so they had to take everything that they had in mind and just pack it tightly in a box and make it work i mean i i do agree that uh, what you said when you told me about firefly was that it was before its time it definitely was it If it had, like, if Joss Whedon had made Firefly, like, even in 2008, like, when everyone started trying to compete with uh, HBO, because during the, you know, congruently, that's when Sopranos was going on and people were actually sitting Mm -hmm. to watch TV shows on HBO, which is four movies, so. Yeah, exactly. It was like, if he he had, if this had, I agree with you, if this had come out a couple years later, like, like, on FX, on FX, that, yeah. That it, it would have lasted stayed. a lot longer. Yeah, definitely. And there 
there are, or the last I looked about a year ago, there were rumors circulating that it was coming back, mm-hmm. that they were going to renew it, Um, but it was going to be more a, kind of like how they did the new Star Wars trilogy, they passed the torch to a new generation of story. Yeah. It was going to be something like that. I have not seen or heard anything and I can fact check this for next episode. I have not heard anything more on if it is happening or if mm-hmm. it's still being talked about. But you can't have Shepard Book unless you recast him, which I which I mean, they'll he's not alive anymore after the movie. So there's, you know, nothing wrong there. Mm-hmm. And then no Alan Tudyk, because yeah. again, after the movie. Um, So, I mean, it could work. And the fans got really excited because all they saw was, ooh, Firefly's coming back. Back, but it's not going to be what the storyline and the characters that made them fall in love with the show. Yeah, it won't I be could, the same. Yeah, I could see, especially in this day and age, I could see them just reviving it where you mm-hmm. essentially replace everyone. Maybe you'll have Maybe. little special characters who, you know, the actor is Al, um, Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk and, um, you know, yeah. all those people. Like, maybe they'll pop yeah, in yeah. for a couple of minutes, but the main characters will still be there. There'll still be a Mal. There'll still be a Zoe. There's, there will still be a um, Kaylee, but mm-hmm. it's going to be, like, a whole new replace, like, fresh-faced Fresh-faced cast. cast. yeah. Which they could do. Like, the fans who love the original series would watch it. I'm sure, I mean, I would. I would watch it. <laughs> I would watch it. You know, it. like, <laughs> I would. I feel like it would do well now. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, something like that would do well. And definitely when it was released, it was just a few years too early. Which yeah. is sad because it was so good. <laughs> okay. So yeah. good. But yeah, so I, good. I did enjoy it. Like I told you, I want to watch all of them all at once, especially because there's yeah. only 14. But we, I will, yeah. I will space them out. I'll actually watch the three I was supposed to instead of just one two-hour one. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah. it was, it mean, was really like, good. It was really no, good. No, it's the first episode is definitely a beefy one to get through. And I I had to warn you because I warned you before. I had to warn you there was only one season because yeah. my friend who got me into Firefly a couple years ago, like five years ago, um, did not tell me there was only one season. Uh-huh. So when I watched it, I came back to her. I like binged it in a night. I was hooked. I came to her the next day and I was like, oh my God, when are they going to put the second season on Hulu? Like, is it somewhere where I can buy the whole box set? Like I, I'm rolling to drop 50 bucks on this right now. And she was like, Ooh, yeah, about that. And I was so mad. I was so mad that she didn't tell me that she didn't warn me. So anybody out there who has not watched Firefly, there is only one season. There is a fantastic movie. You know, one there can yeah. only be one so but definitely watch the rest of it i pretty much know almost everything by heart at this point <laughs> with firefly I've watched, it over, I've watched it so many times but there's definitely things that i have forgotten so me re-watching everything along with you helps me just like remember oh yeah so definitely binge it like binge it it is a binge worthy show binge worthy for sure but speaking of binge worthy and shows that i did not want to stop watching you're having me watch Westworld, which if I remember correctly, my very first thought was, oh, this is kind of like what Firefly would be. (laughs) (laughs) And like in a very loose sense, but all I all I saw was from the trailer 
that you showed me was robots and a western. Yeah. And future sci-fi, and I was like, oh, it's Firefly. It's definitely not Firefly. <laughs> it's not. Definitely not. I was like, ooh, little but, do you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, little do I know. And after watching the first three episodes, man, man, oh, man. First of all, Anthony Hopkins, love. Already. Love him, love him already. Already a gem. Love him. And, like, the thing that's, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump into it. Anthony Hopkins, his whole character. When, in the third episode, when he was wandering around the hills, that, that little boy obviously was one of the robots, but but was that meant to be him as a young boy? Or was it just a random NPC that he created? It's, you know, they kind of give it away really early. Um, yeah. It's, it is him. He made a boy a boy version of himself. Okay. I just wanted the affirmation <laughs> that I was not crazy. <laughs> So, okay. So, first of all, like, first episode, I remember watching it, and I had a ton of questions just on the dynamics of mm-hmm. robots, the newcomers, the guests of the park, and, um, like, they're just, like, their dynamics, what they can do, what they can't do. Yeah. And you really helped explain it to me very early on, too. It's basically if you were dropped into a real-life role-playing game. Yeah. These are all the NPCs. They have thousands upon thousands of scripts where if you do this they'll do this if this then this if not this then this mm-hmm. so you just interact with them and they can't hurt you you can do whatever the hell you want but mm-hmm. they can't hurt you um my whole question first off is who is the man in black because he said that he had been going there for 30 years so he knew yeah. Dolores because Dolores they establish as the oldest robot mm-hmm. in the park yeah they're from the the jump so the man in black which i think you told me in the movie was the robot but in this show they flipped it and he's a real person yeah this man in black has some sort of ulterior ulterior game that he's playing and i'm like is he like anthony hopkins old partner is he just some dude who wants to see the park taken down again is he just some sort of psycho what's his deal (laughs) Um, I, you, you learn more about the, the man in black. Like that is actually in an important thing. I do not want to spoil for you. Um, he, he has been coming, like he's an avid park goer. Like he said, he's been yeah. going there for 30 years. Um, you kind of hear mention that he was away for a while. Like he said that, that he had to stop coming for a while, but now he's yeah. back. So, you know, that's why he's just like, man, I love to be back. Um, He obviously recognized Dolores. He obviously recognized a lot of the NPCs already. So, you know that he's gone through this, like this world top to bottom a little bit. Um, You you also hear him talk about I'm trying to get to the deeper. um, The maze. The maze, the the true game of this world. So um, I'm trying to remember uh, where it stops in the third episode. But it stops with um with uh they hold on I have it in my notes oh um it basically ends with Dolores who like had tried a couple times to fire a weapon but mm-hmm. her programming wouldn't let her and she's getting assaulted not by the man in black but she's getting assaulted in the barn by this guy who in the narrative comes to their home kills her parents mm-hmm. and then has her way with her um has his way with her um she miraculously a gun appears next next to her which she found in like what she found in the middle of the night buried in um the ground next to her house this mm-hmm. gun frequently appears then disappears 
It appears yeah. right next to her, and she, like, hears this man's voice in her head say, kill him, and she does. Which brings me to my next question, is that Anthony Hopkins, I, mean, I don't know his character's name, he's just Anthony Hopkins to his me. Name, his name is Ford. Ford, yes. thank you. Thank you, like, I don't, he's Anthony Hopkins and everything, I don't know his character's <laughs> names at all. So Ford mm-hmm. says that his old partner want, like, tried to search for a way to make these robots like become conscious mm-hmm. and like what and basically died in the park like died in the park yes. something happened and he he cautions bernard to not which i have questions about him um to not make the same mistakes mm-hmm. so my question is and my first initial thought is is that voice arnold somehow no you you know you recognize the voice like if you um, if you listen really closely, it is Bernard's voice. Okay, because like well, the first time I heard it, so that I'd have to go back because the first time I heard it, like I didn't recognize the voice at all. So I'm gonna have to go back and watch just that one scene and like listen really, mm-hmm. really closely. So it is Bernard's well, voice. Yeah, you. It's you know you hear his voice during the the first time you see yeah a uh, interview or like a diagno- mm-hmm. diagnostic with Dolores, and you also yeah. hear like now you actually see him doing them, but you also hear it like every time he's just like bring yourself online yeah um you know so that was because they because it was kind of distorted a little bit so i thought maybe that's why i didn't recognize it right from the jump Mm -hmm. so and like then i guess i'll jump into my questions about bernard because bernard to me after watching episode three is following the same path as arnold did because he's like meeting with dolores in secret and like Mm -hmm. talking to her about like her life and like her responses but it's also tied to his own trauma and grieving for his son who's died yeah and and he's like, I don't know, like, to me, it's kind of like that search for how do I bring my son back kind of a yeah. thing? Like, how, like, how do I bring him back to where he's alive? Not just a MPC robot, alive with a conscious, with a, like, with everything, like how he is sentient. 100% sentient is my son. Like, and he catches himself a few times, but he almost, like, at the, I think it was episode three, if I'm remembering the order of events correctly, mm-hmm. his last meeting with Dolores he tried he caught himself and was like after anthony hopkins ford cautioned him and said don't make the same mistakes he did he kind of sat there and was like no like maybe we shouldn't do this and dolores kind of makes him change his mind like she's she responds to him but then something about that response changes his mind and i thought i wrote down her response and i'm kicking myself i did not write down what she said but so he's he's playing the dangerous game so yes Yes, and, you know, that's Bernard and Elsa, or Elsie, mm-hmm. the young lady who is super concerned about why these people are going off script and stuff, and people, robots. Yeah, which um, they're hooking up. Yeah, they're, um, no, which, no, 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 not that lady. Oh, Elsie, oh, okay, Elsie's the, the uh, other technician lady. Yeah. I was thinking that's... of the other lady, the director lady, who is was who they were hooking up. Anyway. Yeah. No, no, no. But I mean, that's that's essentially their job is to to mess with their personalities, to mess with their brain. So yeah. it's it's not a far jump to be like, you know, I'm giving them, you know, five intelligence stats, like plus five to intelligence 
intelligence plus three to charisma. Like it's yeah. not hard to see how that can you can easily cross that line to. Oh yeah. I want you to think for yourself. Yeah, and they so, and they um, easily displayed that with Maeve when they um changed her statistics yeah. basically and, and like upped her aggression and then the and then Elsie oh, the other yeah. lady comes in and is like oh my god these guys are idiots let's change every like you know bring this We're down bring this up like. Because race this level, you know, change this, give her the ability to do that, yada, yada, yeah. yada. I mean, that's basically, it's just kind mm-hmm. of the difference between an actual and like an actual psychologist mm-hmm. and a writer. Like that's yes. who changed her, which is like up her aggression, you know, she's a whore, oh, yeah. who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, those were the writers where yeah. they're wanting to see if they need to replace her for some big narrative that Sizemore has going on. The, <laughs> the British guy who's freaking out everywhere. Sizemore. Oh, Sizemore. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's Westworld. Like I, um, with the, with everything that's going on with the Dolores and Bernard and everything like that. Um, what is it? First, the question that you asked me about the man in black, uh, the game yeah. has the maze. I can't remember, but I know it's not it's not too big of a spoiler, but you'll see him interacting with the NPCs. And when he like at a certain point, they'll stay in character and, and at another point, like a, a switch will flip and they'll tell him the maze is not meant for you. Yeah, no, that Stop was in episode three. Yeah, that was episode three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was he, a it was a little girl that was like the maze isn't for you. Yeah, but he is determined to figure it out. So yeah, there's there's that to keep in mind. Um, with Dolores and Bernard, uh, meeting in secret. Bernard, you know, he's a little shifty. You know, he's he mm-hmm. is grieving. But one of his things is that you know he kind of wanted to see what he is capable of. You know. Testing his own limits, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have a little bit of a god complex when you create robots that are so realistic, Uh people can't tell the difference. Um, So he's he's trying to push that boundary a little bit and then trying to, you know, not only protect his friend, because, you know, that's what they said, like, he lied for Ford, who is doing Uh some other kind of secret project. Yeah, which Teddy's involved with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, So I mean, everything he's involved with, like the little... Like what they think the source of these glitches are are the reveries. Yeah, the reveries, the, the memories. Repeat, yeah, the pr- repeated motions. Yeah. So that was Ford or Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was him. So that's why they, you know, he's got something going on all by himself that you don't know about. Yeah, and it's tied to that what? black tower. Looks like the top of a church in the middle of somewhere. Mm-hmm. And now Teddy who did not have a backstory at all, was never bothered to be given one, now all of a sudden has one because of Ford's new narrative that he's working toward, Mm -hmm. which then, which then begs me the question, because he denied Sizemore his narrative. That was 100% because he's working on the secret narrative, right? But also like, you know, Sizemore's narrative was just kind of vanity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, like, I think it was in, I think it was in part because Sizemore, it was just trying to flex on him. Yeah. And it was also because Anthony Hopkins, Ford, was like, mm, I can see what you're trying to do. For that reason, I'm going to say I'm out. But also I'm working on this secret other shit that that could potentially interfere with. That's yeah. the vibe I got. Yeah, no, Ford definitely did uh, kind of put out the vibes during that time. Like, <laughs> you youngins don't know what a story is, son. 
I just, I literally just show y'all today. Exactly. I literally just love how his immediate reaction was just a smile, a laugh, and no. (laughs) No. It was just like, absolutely not. Anthony Hopkins had said no. (laughs) And I'm sorry, when Anthony Hopkins, when Dr. Hannibal Lecter tells you no. There's Dr. Some Hannibal Lecter, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, but those were my biggest questions right now with Westworld. Like I said, it was so hard for me to stop. So it difficult is. because and it only gets worse because there's so many like little mysteries you want to figure out. Yeah. Um, See, that's what I love. The little mysteries. Like I love that. I love a show that makes me think along with the characters. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do love, I love um was it the <laughs> The adventures of um, was it those two guys where you see them first coming to the park? Oh yes, Jimmy yes. and the future brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Like their their whole dynamic, and then how Dolores, after killing that guy, just wanders off, goes against her programming, goes off script, and ends up with them. And they're just at this camp, and he's like, he's like the the knight in shining armor I've written down in my notes. You know, he's well, the that's, he's that's like what the, we literally do. Uh, it is William and Logan. Uh, William is the the white hat, and that's where they yeah. show you like that's the last choice. Do you go white hat where classic yeah. westerns that is the lawful good or do you go black hat which is chaotic evil and mm-hmm. douchebag logan <laughs> of course is definitely black hat. black he went black hat yeah yeah, yeah. so no absolutely so like he's the he's like the pure soul white and shining armor situation you know yeah, but like, like the innocent who comes to a a uh, role-playing park with you know you can be a like in your favorite western and plays it like a normal human <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You go like on you, adventures. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the type of guy that if he were to play GTA, he would just drive normally, right. <laughs> obey every traffic signal. Obey like he's he's that signal. guy. He's that guy. But he's adorable though. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> like I he's just him. because he's adorable. So, but I'm also interested to see because he obviously has like an interest in Dolores, but he's very like oh, set yeah. on. I have somebody waiting for me back home i'm not gonna do nothing yeah this is the whole thing this is supposed to be like a bachelor party he's about to get married and it's his future brother-in-law his fiance's brother who's Mm -hmm. like uh i'm gonna take you to this park we want you to loosen up and you know with the business and all that so you know yeah so i'm interested to see like if he deviates from that at all if he stays on that path like i'm interested to see what happens to him i think my prediction for him is he's not gonna go full balls to the wall chaotic evil but there's gonna be something that happens where he's gonna kiss somebody he shouldn't and he's gonna have a moment of oh my god i shouldn't have done that you know that kind of a moment Mm -hmm. i feel like Mm -hmm. we're gonna i think like we're leading to something like that with him and dolores specifically not him and the other girl um the other um uh, the other prostitute lady i can't remember the name of um i think i think it's gonna be something like that leading for him but then i feel like he's gonna he's i feel like there's so much focus on him he's gonna play a larger part in the bigger game Mm mm-hmm 
But yeah, it's it's hard to stop watching. But as you yeah. saw, you had the they explained about the robots. Yep. You have Dolores remembering. You have Maeve re- uh, remembering, remembering. Uh, that they're still online. You have uh, I think the very last episode was uh, where Elsie was talking about um, one <gasps> of the NPCs when he had his freak out. He kept yeah. asking for Arnold, which they do mention, and I had just forgotten. Arnold was the the partner who started the park. Yeah, 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 I said that earlier, the partner. Yeah, the partner. Yeah, his name yeah. is Arnold. So you uh-huh. hear Arn- like you hear his name mentioned a lot more um, mm-hmm. going forward. But, you know, he's calling for Arnold and that's kind of what they have to say. Like, you know, Arnold is, you know, he's gone. You know, this is he's been here a while, like programming that, you know, mm-hmm. they basically recycle robots. So, of course, maybe yeah. something happened where he's re- like that programming came to the forefront. That doesn't mean anything. So um, uh, interested to see you watch all of this. Just because I know what happens, especially, like, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, like, Sam, like, I'm excited for you. No, like, I'm excited for you to finally watch Firefly because the movie will make more sense. Like, the movie (laughs) will make more sense to you. But I'm excited for you to, like, watch it because I know what happens a million times over. So I'm just excited to watch you see what happens. And I know. No, I want you to know. Yeah, no, like, that. that's the beauty of this part of the show, I think, is just, you know, hey, I love this thing. I want to show it to you. Mm-hmm. you know and just like seeing seeing like your reaction and like my reaction to it and it's cool and it's just cool to talk about so yeah i like this segment i'm excited to watch more watch more of what we're watching but also watch more of some Westworld. you watch more firefly super excited for next week's wandavision yeah everything's excited. just gonna be great super excited, to watch excited. More. I'm excited to catch up with the boys since you know season three is what's about to come out and yes. i want to make sure that we are caught up for season three uh yeah, Fate. I'm excited for it to be over. I am sorry. No, but... same. I'm like, I'm ready <laughs> to wash my hands of that one. Like, let, I... let us mm-hmm. wash our hands of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that is going to be it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to visit our website at reviewqueenspodcast.com and subscribe. Share the episode with your friends and family, post it on your socials, or leave us a review. Again, that's reviewqueenspodcast.com. To keep up with new content, make sure to follow us on Instagram at reviewqueens.podcast too many dots and then at twitter at review queens pod pod and on facebook thanks again for listening guys and long may we reign 